0: I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host Carol Zernial. Carol's a nationally known gerontologist, has spent a whole lot of years working in the field of aging and caregiving, and she also serves as executive director of the Wellmed Charitable Foundation. And we talk about issues that affect caregiving
1: because it's important.
0: Not only that, it affects. So many families, sixty-five plus million people now caregiving across this country.
1: I know, but I'm, you know, I I probably more optimistic than I have been in a long time with the momentum and caregiving. Hearing about it um, in multiple venues from multiple types of industries.
0: And you're now on a national committee, Raise, looking at the whole question of caregiving
1: from top to bottom. Well, it's nice to know that the Health and Human Services, our federal government, is also looking at it. And it's taken a while. But now you, now you is you the time. the good
0: fight. Now's the time. And, and one of the issues, of course, is who are the caregivers? What are the issues they're dealing with? How difficult is it for caregivers who often feel as if they're the lone ranger? And we've got an expert coming on right now on our Caregiver SOS on Air hotline, Ann Tumlinson, who is the founder of Daughterhood and the Daughterhood Circles, which is a pretty interesting use of the word daughterhood. Ann, thanks for joining us on Caregiver SOS on Air.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here.
0: You live in Washington, D.C., where Carol just spent some time looking at the whole issue of caregiving. What got you involved?
2: Oh, my goodness. Well, um, you know, I've been working on, uh, professionally, I've been working on aging issues for my whole career. So I started out my career working on Capitol Hill for a member of Congress and handling all of his caregiving. committee work, on the Aging Committee and on the Health uh, Financing Committee. So um, so I started there. And then, you know, like many people, uh, yeah, I got older <laughs> and um, more and more of my friends and family and, and even myself started having these experiences where we were, um, you know, a thrust into the family caregiver role. And And I guess I I just got really interested in the disconnect, I felt like, that I had observed between, you know, what I was learning professionally and then what I was seeing in the lives of my family members and friends. And I just got really curious about how caregiving, um, you know, how how caregiving plays out for people in real life. And that was sort of what ended up, uh, you know, causing me to start Daughterhood.
0: For whom did you work on Capitol Hill?
2: I worked for Congressman John Lewis from Atlanta, Georgia. Cool guy. Yeah. very, Yeah, very, yeah, very active. Yeah,
0: national hero.
2: Yeah, yeah. And he, very inspiring, um, I think, you know, to start to come out of college at the age of 22 and start your career working for somebody like that. It, it, I think it's had an impact on, you know, on everything that I've done.
0: After because hours, did he ever? So
2: inspiring, yeah.
0: After hours, did he ever kick back and tell you some stories about the civil rights oh, days?
2: Oh yeah, oh oh, absolutely. That was his favorite thing to do. So we got uh, we got to hear lots and lots of stories.
0: Must have been amazing.
2: It was completely amazing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so as you look at uh, not only the challenges of caregiving, uh, why and how did you create the concept of daughterhood?
2: Well, you know, actually, the name Daughterhead really kind of just came to me. So, here's what happened. Um, uh, I I was working in a really large consulting firm, you know, working on all these issues around Medicare, Medicaid, the programs that pay for care, uh, working with nursing homes, assisted living providers. And... You know, I, I, as I mentioned before, I just, I had this experience that, that um, started to realize that I really wanted to work more directly with people who were, you know, dealing with our health care system, or our aging care system at the ground level, and that's the caregivers. And I got into that really, you know, through my friends and my and my family. But uh, but the question sort of became, well, well how am I going to do that? What is that going to look like? And um, after doing a lot of research and thinking about it and talking to friends, one of my friends said, to me, she said, you know, you just need to start doing something. You've been talking about this for a long time. Just start writing, start writing. Let's, let's just put a blog up. So I started writing a blog and as I was writing about what, you know, how caregiving, how people experience caregiving, I I was like, it's like, it reminded. There's so many things about it that remind me of of motherhood and juggling career and mothering and, and parenting and all that kind of stuff. But, but I was like, but it's much much harder. And so I was like, it's like it's like motherhood only daughter. In the, in the word daughterhood just came to me in that moment. I was like, uh, and then I and then I was very um, uh, conflicted about it because I did want to exclude men. Um, but finally I. I just loved the word so much, I decided to go with it. And so we started publishing blogs and created a website and bought the domain, domain name, and, and we were kind of off and running, uh, writing and, and reaching out to people. And, um, you know, and then from there, it kind of took on a life of its own.
0: If you just joined us, you're listening to Caregiver SOS on air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zernial, talking about a really, really neat story with Ann Tumlinson, founder of Daughterhood and the Daughterhood Circles.
1: Well, you know, I love the name Daughterhood, probably because I am a daughter, but it's such a friendly word. It's very approachable, um, whereas caregiving is not a friendly right. word. It's something that no one understands. You say Daughterhood, and even if you made it up, I knew exactly what you were talking about. Right, right,
2: right. Well, you know, and that was definitely part of what my, my, it was conceptually what I had in my mind when I set about to do this, which was, you know, I wanted to. I felt like, you know, people become caregivers, but they don't even know that word, and so they're searching online for help, for information, and but of course, they're not thinking. About themselves as a caregiver. And there's so many different types of caregivers. And so I just want to get away from that word altogether uh, just for the purposes of creating a community. Well, so we could, like you said, have something a little bit more tangible.
1: Right. So talk about the, the concept of a daughterhood circle. Sure.
2: So, daughterhood circles are local, in person, Friend groups I call them you know that that, that work, where people come together who are around the shared experience of taking care of somebody that they love whether it's a spouse or a parent um, even sometimes children uh, adult children that are being cared for and and they share information uh, hopefully they have uh, they share their stories they they there's a wide variety of activities that daughterhood circles engage in and Sometimes some of the circles bring in speakers, some of them uh, meet at bars, some of them meet in churches, some of them meet in libraries, some of them meet in people's homes. Um, it really, de- every Daughterhood circle is unique and it depends on the leadership uh, in that community and we invite everybody who wants to be a leader to be a leader and to reach out to us to, um, and, and so we've been kind of fostering and supporting these individual leaders at the community level all over the United States to kind of put their own unique stamp on um, this kind of building relationships with people in their community who need their help and wisdom.
0: Well, I would think in part they become not only groups helping each other, but they become support groups.
2: They do to a certain extent, yeah, without question. I think many of the circles are you know the the you know what kind of what happens it, when they get together is that they is that they all update each other on on what's going on and what their challenges are, and they problem solve with each other around it. so so without question, i you know I like to say it's like a support group and a book club, and moms you know like a mom's side out, all rolled up into one.
1: <laughs> well, I, I love the idea that that you can choose your venue, so this week it's church, and next week it's the bar. So again, yeah, just get a little.
2: <laughs> I, know, I like. I like for. I'm totally in favor of that. <laughs> Margarita yeah. night. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, keep it keep it uh, interesting. Um, exactly. <laughs> so, do do um, on your website? Do you have um, guidance tips how to start daughter daughterhood circles?
2: So we don't have it on the website, but what we do is we encourage people to reach out to us if they want to start one. And then, um, and then what we do is we send them some materials and we kind of help them get set up. So we do it, um, we do it really, it's very personal. We have a, somebody on our, on my, the, my team who is the Daughterhood Circle Leader Coordinator and she hops on the phone and walks people through what's involved and then, you know, send some the, the materials, which is usually just sort of like tips about, about how to run your first circle, how to reach out to people, how to find a venue, that kind of thing. Well, and
1: and are these usually individuals? Do you have agencies saying, I want to start multiple daughterhood circles? I want to
2: help oh my you spread God. this? Yeah, it's so interesting. You to say that I was 90% have been individuals so far. And, um, you know, and, and we get a lot of outreach from people who don't end up starting circles, you know, they reach out to us and they say, you know, they say they think they want to start one, but they, at the end of it, it's just too, you know, it's just too, um, it's too much, it's too complicated. And so, uh, but we get to know them anyway, and we consider them to be sort of part of our community and we, it, it you know, it's, it's sort of, it's been a really an incredible experience. And so recently, we have had some outreach from some uh, larger organizations who, you um, are interested in helping to sponsor or foster daughterhood circles in their communities and i think you know what i have found is that that's great but um, it only really works if there's at least one person who's the champion and really owns it and, and leads it um it's it's hard it doesn't really work if it's like you know if you know an organization sponsors it we we don't find that people are as apt to kind of turn out for that
1: well and you know having run support groups you know for years there's a there's a sort of a life cycle of a support group and and usually yep. it only lives as long as there's at least one person who's really going to pull it together
2: that's right exactly exactly we made uh, we, you know, we started the daughter hit circles in um uh in in San Diego actually with with, with the partnership with a couple of really strong uh leaders there and, and women who are just phenomenal uh leaders in their community and then we tried to take the model to San Francisco working with um a really lovely uh home care company that offered us space and offer to sponsor it and provide all of the food and everything, and nobody came. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so we learned a lesson. You know, we learned, oh, okay, uh, we really need to have, um, you people know, this, people. this has to be owned by uh, by somebody in that community.
0: I, I love the introduction you have, uh, not only on your website, but in your bio. And it, it, it begins, in case you're wondering, I grew up in Gainesville, Florida, went to school in South Carolina and Boston, now live in Washington, D.C., Here's the part that I absolutely identify with. I have two children who are much more awesome than I deserve. I like that. <laughs> a 15-year-old daughter, Grace, and a 12-year-old son, Jake, and a very old lab hound mix, Maggie.
2: Maggie. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And you've got Maggie
0: on your uh, video on your website. Stay with me just a minute. We're going to come right back to Ann Tumlinson. I'm Ron Aaron, along with Carol Zernio. You're listening to Caregiver SOS on air. We are excited to bring you the all-new WellMed Radio. Our goal is to help make listeners healthier by focusing on health and wellness for adults everywhere. The new WellMed Radio features Dr. Joshua Beck, an outstanding family physician, and attorney and veteran broadcaster, Ron Aaron. Ooh, that's me. Each week, we will focus on health prevention and wellness that's critical to the quality of life. The all-new WellMed Radio. And remember... WellMed Radio, Saturday at 7 a.m. on 9.30 a.m. The Answer, and Sunday at 12 on Freedom, 1160 KRDY. Well, we're so pleased you are with us here on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel, and we're talking with Ann Tumlinson, founder of Daughterhood and the Daughterhood Circles.
1: Well, and and during the break, I was thinking about, uh, you know, why, why do I like this name so much, the daughterhood, and, and I think and not only is it friendly, but I was thinking about sort of the respect, um, you know, being the daughter, this is not parenting your parents, which is not a term that I'm uh, fond of, and so daughter, daughterhood kind of puts us in our place, we're <laughs> the daughter, you know, and, and we're doing, and, and most of the time we're doing, you know, this out of tremendous love and respect for our parents.
2: Exactly, right, exactly. And you know we have lots of men who are subscribers and participants in the in the communities and and they, um, and they're very supportive of the name, and occasionally we get a little bit of blowback, like, "Hey, what about the men?" And to that I say, you know, I know a, a million, not a million. I know a lot of men caregivers, who are doing a tremendous job and, and, and absolutely deserve to be you know recognized for that as well.
0: But it's mostly women.
1: But it's, it's not. Well I, think, well. I think nationally, the <laughs> well, statistics you know,
2: here's are. The thing. Here's. Let me just say a, a couple of things about this uh, because, you know, it, it it does tend to be. It is more likely to be uh, a woman. It, ca- women are much more likely to be caregivers than men. But two other things that I that are compelling to me. One is that that women are more likely. So caregiving, as you all know, caregiving encompasses a very broad range of activities. Right? It's like can be you know, managing medications, taking somebody to a doctor's appointment, um, coordinate coordinating things. But it also can include, you know, providing, having a parent live with you and, and getting them up in the morning and bathing them and feeding them and dressing them and watching them all day long. That can also be caregiving. And that hands-on, day-to-day, physical, you know, caregiving relationship is much more likely to be a, a woman than a man. So women are much, much more likely to be in that situation than men, in that, you know, direct caregiving situation. And then the other thing is that, you know, I, I just, what I have observed through our blog and website is that when women encounter really challenging uh, systems and situations in the healthcare world, you know, when they're encountering frustrating um you know, experience with a with a provider or an insurer or even another family member, you know, they tend to kind of look in, inward at themselves and, and say to themselves, "Look, I failed." Uh, it's 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 they they bring they hold a lot uh, they put a the lot on themselves. And whereas men, I've noticed, have a tendency to say, "You know what? That situation is screwed up." And we this go to war. Hard, and we go to war. It's not about me. They don't personalize it.
1: Well, and and we had a training for some caregivers last week, and one of the few gentlemen that was there said, this is a job. I treat this like a job. This is exactly, mm-hmm. I used to get up and go to work every day, and now I get up and I go to work every day, but my work is taking care of my wife who has dementia. And so when I need help, I go out and I get that help because that's my job. Um, which is very, very different frame huh. of mind than what you're talking about. Being a woman who is yep. probably going to look to her friends, who's going to look, you know, for that emotional connection and then the advice. Um, and, it, and it's it's a very personal kind of work. Not it's a job. That's a different perspective. That's the Venus that Mars is, thing. It, it, <laughs> it, it is yeah. you know, but I think it's fascinating um, and hats off to the to the men who are comfortable in a daughterhood circle. You know, I, like I, that. I like that too I think that's great. Yeah.
0: And you mentioned early on that uh, you had experienced caregiving. Tell us about that
2: So um, I um, well a couple of things. One is um, I was very close with my grandmother both my grandmothers but one grandmother in particular and um and, um, so I, uh, towards the end of her life, she had pretty severe dementia and I spent a lot of time with her. But, you know, kind of one thing in particular that, that, you, that people might appreciate hearing, um, is that she, um, I was tasked with, uh, driving her on her very last vacation, um, which was a two day trip from Mississippi to North Carolina. Um, and, uh, with her kind of, you know, like borderline incontinent and also you know reading every single road sign to me along every single <laughs> mile of the highway for two whole days um, and then once we got there um but but you know I also have a couple of you know kind of things going on in my own life and my personal life that i can't I can't share publicly because I've been asked not to but um it's you know it's kind of I don't want to say this. It, You know, it's part of the. It's part of kind of the fabric, I think, of every family. So you know, everybody when you when I talk to a room of people and I say, "Who's you know taking care of somebody or been involved in caregiving?" Almost everybody raises their hand. You know, so you know, it was my my grandmother. You know, both my grandmas, but my one grandmother in particular. And and, um, now I have an aunt who has very severe dementia, and I have a couple of other family members with issues that um, that are pretty significant. And so. It's, it's just, it's, you know, it's kind of part of life. Um, well, I like I that story. It, yeah. Because by go the ahead, time you
0: ended that road trip, you knew every sign between Mississippi yes. and Florida. And you didn't kill her.
2: Right, no, exactly, exactly. So, you know, and I think that's the kind of the beauty, actually, of the grandparent-granddaughter relationship, you know, right. is there's just a lot more, she was a lot more patient with me than my parents were, and I was a lot more patient with her than her children were, right. and that was kind of the deal we had. <laughs> that's, that's, so
1: fun. that's so funny, because my mother did that when she had Alzheimer's. She read every sign. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, every sign, every sign on the road, and was delighted and surprised by what the sign yep. said. Every single one of them. Welcome yeah. to Ohio. Yeah. Look at that. 30 miles an hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've never seen 30 miles an hour. What such a great number. <laughs> you should write a book about that. Exactly. That's so cool. That's,
2: That's really exactly interesting. exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, talk a
1: little bit about, you've got some interesting downloads, mantras for caregiving, you know, um, on your yeah. website. What happens when somebody says they would like to download uh, some of that information?
2: Yeah. So um, you know, what we so what we did was we we found that there was a that there were certain blogs that we'd written that or I'd written that were a particularly popular and where we got a lot of feedback and responses. And so we turned them into these one page download. So you can go to the website, you can click on download. Uh, like every other website, we, we ask for your email address in exchange, uh, and then you just download it to your computer and print it out. They're free, um, and we call them you know uh, refrigerator posts because we want people to print them out and put them on the refrigerator just to remind them that um, uh, that they're not alone. You know that the, the many of the things that they're experiencing, you know, challenges, setting boundaries. Uh, Challenges getting help, you know, frustrations with family members, all of those kinds of things are really, really normal. So what we're trying to do with, the refri- with what we call our refrigerator post, uh, downloadables, is to, is to help everybody who's in a situation to understand that they are um, that they're going through something that is, is actually much more normal than it might feel.
0: Now, how do you support all this? You mentioned we and you've got some staff.
2: Oh. <laughs> how,
0: how do you put food right. on your table?
2: Well, so, okay, that's a good question. People ask me sometimes, "Is daughterhood a nonprofit?" And I always say, "Well, it's actually a negative for profit." That's what I call it. <laughs> <laughs> so we—it's uh, a negative. We—I actually run a research and consulting firm uh, called Anne Innovations, and you can see the work that we do through the through the, through the consulting firm at anne innovations uh, We work on issues related to you know how we take care of and pay for care of frail older adults in the country, and all the work we do on daughterhood really informs that. So we feel like we're much smarter getting. Up in front of a, you know, in front of a, a assisted living facility or a health plan, it, it, because we know what it's like for the consumers, and that's our perspective. Um, all of the revenue, uh, the, basically everything that we we spend to support Daughterhead is um, comes from the, the the consulting firm. So we just, you know, uh, we supported ourselves. Um, and that's and it's you know it's worked because we you know we don't ha- we don't have to worry about advertising revenue we don't have to worry about memberships we don't we just we let it be what it is. I like that. And I'm going to have to tell. Really fun. Yeah,
0: I'll tell my accountant. Think of us as a negative for profit. <laughs>
2: negative for profit. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, <Exactly>. so <laughs>
1: have you mapped all of your circles? I mean, do you have something on a somewhere that shows that's where all of your circles
2: are? On? Yeah. Push yeah. Pins or actually, something? if you More go modern? to uh, the website, and you click on Menu, and then you click on Circles, and then um, you can see that it says Find a Circle, and you can see all of the states where there are circles. And if you click on any particular state, um, then it brings up the circles in that state.
0: How uh, many are you in?
2: Oh, that's a good question. I actually have to think about Did it for a minute. <laughs> Start, uh, counting, Start counting, Start <laughs> counting. I think we're in about...
1: 15 to 20 states now. One, two. So, do. do um, well, she's counting. Do, I know she's counting. I am. It's, I hard, am. To, it's hard to talk and like count. This is radio, Ron. It's hard to talk wow. and count at the same time unless right. you count out yeah. loud.
2: Right. So. <laughs> you know, it, it, here's the thing we are starting, their new daughterhood circles starting all the time. So, we get, you know, I just probably get two or three emails a day now people from all over the country wanting to start circles and you know of the three we get every day probably one will start a circle so it feels like it feels like it's just um, you know it's got a lot of it's got a lot of momentum
1: well do people tell you when a circle stops is it like my
2: work is done
1: and thank you sure sort oh of...
2: absolutely and you know we have not had that many hmm. we've had we've had a few um, it usually what happens is somebody starts it they try it it's it's, they're not getting the attendance that they were hoping for. It's you know, it's it's a little bit more work than they were expecting, and so they stop. The folks who do it for a long time, and we've had Daughterhood Circle leaders who've been doing it. We started the program in, um, I think, four years ago. Well,
0: bingo, in San Diego, we're, 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 and, out, and we're out of time, unfortunately. <laughs> but
1: thank you. I didn't mean sure. to cut you off that wow, quickly. Wow, that was, that was, that that was mean. That was so mean. That was rude. That was Ron is mean. I, I apologize. Just say, Ron is mean. Wow. But we'll have you back it, so you can finish your sentence.
2: Oh, no, that wasn't <laughs> mean you. at all. That was fine. I was just going to keep, you know, answering. No, no problem all right. at
0: all. Hey, it's great to have you on. I'm glad you have a sense of humor.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having thank me you. on and for your wonderful questions. And um, I, I just really, really appreciate it. it uh, was thank great. you very much.
0: Talk to you soon. Thank you very much. And okay. Tumlinson, who I cut off in mid-sentence. <laughs> and
2: thought. To- wow.
0: wow. That was like Biden in the debates. I know. Are you, t- who are
1: you, CNN? A lot of CNN cutting everyone wow. off.
0: Wow. <laughs> Sorry about that. Well, why don't we say thank you to everybody for listening. I'm Ron Aaron with Carol Zernial. We'll join you next time on Caregiver SOS on air.